What's up, guys? It's Miki, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. First thing that I want to do is check in. How are we feeling? How are we doing? Good? I hope so. And if you're not feeling good, I hope you feel better. If you're miserable, please don't go make somebody else miserable. Life is hard enough, and life be lifing with all of us. So give some grace, pour out some extra love, even if it's just to yourself. Like if you're in a bad space, let's not purposely go put others in bad spaces, okay? <laughs> First thing I want to talk about in this little intro is, did anybody see Power? Like Power Book 2 goes, ooh wee, season three, episode one is the best episode they have ever done and I'm not talking about just because of the bomb drop that came at the end of the episode so I'm still giving people time to watch it because some people like to binge all the way through which I don't know how you binge power all the way through and not see a spoiler especially if you you know on social media in some form of fashion but it was their best start to any of the seasons that they've had. The show is getting better and greater over time. So congratulations to them. They also, I think I've talked about this on BK before, they have a podcast, Tariq and Brayden, and that's their character names, of course. They have a podcast called The Crew Has It, and they bring other actors and actresses from the shows. They bring actual crew members so you can get the behind the scenes feel and scope of what it really takes to make shows like Power come to life. Um, The BMF season finale was also really good. I just have to say that I thoroughly enjoyed this season of BMF. Not that I didn't enjoy the first one, because if I didn't, I wouldn't have watched the second. But that's getting better with time too but it's something so different it's like as soon as I turned off BMF and I turned on power I was like oh like I low-key got chills in my body because I'm just like this is a whole nother vibe and I missed it I missed it so shout out to BMF the season finale was great and they overall had a really good season but I am wow like I'm excited I waited a year. Well, we, we waited a year for Power Book 2 to give us season three. Do you guys know they're halfway done with filming season four already? Like, that's how long we waited, that they're already halfway done with the next season. But I'm not mad. I It just better not take a year for us to get again. Otherwise, I will be pissed. So if you are a fan of the powers or if you're just now starting to get into it, please jump on it. Snowfall was really good, too. But there is so much going on with Snowfall. Like, I can't spill the tea on any of the shows because I don't I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But if you watch Snowfall, jump on it. If you watch The Power, jump on it. If you've been watching BMF, jump on it. They have been top tier, top tier. And I love it. Next thing that I want to talk about um, is why it's important to advocate for yourself. It is so important that we advocate for ourselves. And, you know, sometimes if we have others help us or advocate on the behalf of us, that's special and great too. But it's important that we advocate for ourselves. So um, without going into too many details, I had a moment last week where I had to advocate for BK. And I had to get some technical difficulties handled and give you guys, you know, what you're accustomed to. And let me just say, I stuck up for myself. I was really respectful with it. And it got done. I felt like such a boss, guys. (laughs) Not like stroke the ego kind of thing, but like, wow. Like, there was a problem. I put on my CEO hat and I was like, okay, 
let's figure this out. I don't have the answers to this, but I can reach out to the people that I need to reach out to. Hopefully they can put me with the right people. Let's get this problem solved. And it got done. And it was such a rewarding feeling that I didn't know that I needed. Like it made me feel even better than I expected to feel. Like something getting handled like that. And it's not just because BK is like my baby or whatever, but it was literally the act of self-advocating for myself. And I didn't understand why I felt so good until I was telling another friend of mine, she was like, it's really important that you advocate for yourself. She said, especially against big companies because they think that they can treat people any kind of way, especially if you're smaller and all these things. And when she put it in that perspective, I was like, yes, it is the feeling that I advocated for myself and not just advocated, but me advocating got the problem solved. And I was very, very proud of myself and it felt really, really good. And all I have to say is, is I wish that feeling on everybody, but especially women. It's just something powerful about us using our voices, us, you know, getting stuff done because women, we get stuff done all the time, but to be able to do it from a position where so many men think that we'll fail at, which I don't really understand how because if we can run homes we can run corporations and if you disagree with that I like to see you come and run a home I like to see you keep everybody's lives in check and going and when you get home just be able to step into your life and go with the flow there is I'm not even going to get into that topic that'll probably be a whole nother episode but there put some respect on the women that stay at home that goes for everybody. Put some respect on stay-at-home moms. Put some respect on the working moms that still keep the family and life going. Put some respect on the women in your family, period. Okay? Um, So I just felt really good. And I just want to encourage you guys that when you guys have the opportunity to advocate for yourself, do it. Do it. Even if the problem doesn't automatically get solved or solved in the way that you would like to see it solved, it's still important that you protect yourself, you protect your business, you protect your brand, because how else are you going to have people to do it? And I mean, you can pay people to do it, but I'm not at the level where I can pay people to advocate for me. So I have to do it. And even when I do get to that level where I can pay people to advocate for me, I still want to do it myself, you know, um, in conjunction with a major team behind me, because I mean, I'm sorry, money does talk. <laughs> and the right team, you only go as far as your team. So I need a great team and not, there's a lot of characteristics that I would like to see for my team, not the typical characteristics that most people would think. But yeah, we'll get to that maybe another time, another time. And the last thing that I want to talk about in our intro is I saw the In Real Life podcast with Angie Martinez. It's really good. I've watched a couple episodes, but she's recently had Kelly Clarkson on and it was so good. Kelly Clarkson dropped so many gems. She's such a sweetheart and you can tell she's a genuinely good person and has a great heart. And I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. So if I remember, I'm going to link it and I I advise you guys to check it out. That's our podcast spotlight for the week is the In Real Life podcast with Angie Martinez, where she did the interview with Kelly Clarkson. And while you're there, you might as well check out some other episodes of In Real Life podcast and catch a vibe. I was really with Kelly when she was like, I'm from the South and it's like a double standard with the guys um, between the boys and the girls. And she was talking about how she liked to parent, like if it's good for my boys, it's good for my girls or They'll be like, you boys can go stay out late, do whatever, but 
um, girls, you know, they they can't date or something to like 30. And she was like pointing out like, if you don't trust your daughter, like you felt somewhere, you felt somewhere. Okay. So it's really good. Check it out. She was saying stuff that, oh my God, I'd be preaching about all the time. And then besides that, she just, she has a really warm, uh, loving personality and it just radiated through that interview. It was really nice. So check that out. Check out the In Real Life podcast with Angie Martinez and special shout out to Kelly Clarkson because I just think I fell in love with her even more from that episode. All right. First topics that we're diving into this week is a post from Nedra. I hope I'm saying her name right. I'm not sure how to say her last name and I don't want to botch it, but you guys should be able to find it on her IG if you type in Nedra, N-E-D-R-A, Glover. She's a therapist and a New York Times bestseller and um, New York Times bestselling author. So this was a post that she had on there and I just want to read it to you guys because we talk about topics like this on BK all the time. She had, children are not appropriate emotional confidants, even if they are great listeners. Stop making them mature for their age by overloading them with adult problems. She said, children are not equipped to figure things out without proper guidance from adults. Often they don't know how to, often they don't know better because they were never taught. Children are not supposed to figure out how to take care of themselves and other children, and they deserve a childhood free from the responsibility of being caretakers. Giving children too much responsibility creates people pleasers and overachievers and don't know how to relax and be present for themselves. So I think she touched on this and maybe her book that should be out by now, which is called Drama Free. Um, but basically those are different little, those are just, she calls them Nedra nuggets that she drops, but those are some examples of like parentification and different things. And I just want to read some comments of that people put under the post. So you guys can get other people's opinions besides my own and see, do you know anybody who's experienced this? Have you experienced it in some form? Or if you currently have children, how to stop it and vice versa. Here's one girl. She said, oh, girl, my mother used to emotionally dump everything and and anything and everything on me. Marriage issues, her health issues, family dynamics, friendships, work. Looking back, it's funny she didn't think she needed therapy when I was her stand-in therapist. Uh, Another person said, I find children who have siblings with special needs are often asked to help the parents take care for are often asked to help the parents care for their sibling. I know people who feel they miss out on certain aspects of their own childhood because of this. I'm always kind of torn on this one. Is this right to expect your kids to help out to an extent with caring for a sibling with special needs or should parents never ever place that responsibility on a sibling? I feel like that's even deeper, but that's these are some examples of what parentification and different things can do. It even affects if you have special needs siblings and stuff. Um, this is from a parent's perspective. She said, I am so sorry for doing this to my kids. It was not their problem and could not voice anything other than subjected to it. I have told my kids I am sorry. This is why boundaries are so important and let them be kids. Grateful they have forgiven me, but the damage will never be truly repaired. Uh, this other person said, I have felt like my parents, therapist, accountant, confidant, tutor, tough love, provider since I was about seven. So I'm just exhausted at this point. I don't have 
anything left to give. Uh, let's see. And I guess final two comments that I read. She said, another person said, some of these parents create chaos in the household. Then have the nerve to tell you to relax. LOL, I grew up hearing you don't have friends, only associates. I think that's why some parents confide in their children because they follow that same logic and don't have people their age to confide in. They don't trust other people, which I understand, but everyone isn't bad. As an adult, there's still certain conversations I don't need to be a part of. LOL, friends can be and are great to have. Children can't replace friends and final comment thank you for reminding us of the importance of this topic placing adult responsibilities and emotional burdens on kids is not only unfair but also unhealthy for their development children often lack the life experience and knowledge to understand the consequences of their actions especially if they were never taught how to handle specific situations so that's just you know real people's examples and testimonies about some of the nedra nuggets that she dropped and again go check her out you can find her at nedra glover on ig she is a therapist a new york times best-selling author and she drops nuggets all the time <laughs> Now, would I really be Mickey? And would this really be BK? If I wasn't throwing in a controversial topic here or there. And honestly, this controversial topic may get my black card revoked and I'm okay with it. So let's talk about, do I agree with whipping kids or not? I saw this reel on IG in a sense it was comparing whooping your children to slave masters and how the slave masters would beat the slaves. And I have thought about this connection long before I saw this reel. I do think it's some truth to it. I mean, some trauma is in our DNA. Why not one of the most pivotal, dramatic moments in history for Black people? And as I've talked about on episodes before, the trauma that is in your body can be passed down from generations and generations and generations previously before you ever came, but your body recognizes it as if you went through it yourself. So our community is known for whooping their kids the black community. In fact, you don't, if you don't, many will label you as a white parent. Gentle parenting has become so popular that now they just reference millennials and Generation Z as a whole as maybe weak or too loose with their kids. Here's what I don't get. You can't hit an adult when you're mad as an adult. I mean, you can, but you can catch charges. It's frowned upon for a spouse or a partner to hit you. A lot of times I would argue that animals have better protections than humans, so we already know not to hit them, besides them having their animal instinct anyways. But when it comes to kids, our most vulnerable, and oftentimes least protected, we think it's okay to hit on them. We say, oh, that's just a form of discipline. We would rather our kids fear us than actually respect us. It's not going to make your kid want to talk to you. Studies have proven kids who get whoopings were drastically more likely to lie to their parents out of fear of their response or go to an outside source to get problems solved. How can we tell our kids don't be in abusive relationships when the first to abuse them is their parents? Is there no other way to handle it? Or do people not care to try? Because gentle parenting isn't for the weak, but it is important. Over the years, talking to kids who were whooped, a lot of them said they felt it was unnecessary and didn't really solve their problems. 
They didn't feel closer to their parents. Some said it taught them to just keep doing what they were doing away from their parents. And lots of other reasons. I could really be here all day from the different stories and testimonies that I've heard and different experiences. And we didn't all grow up in the same kind of household, but to hear the consensus was women's didn't really help. It wasn't really, it didn't really, it wasn't a positive thing in no form of fashion. It was very interesting. Um, most parents with their children or their kid when they are fed up and feel defeated. What if you got hit every single time you messed up? What if God beat on you every time? What if kids were allowed to beat their parents every time they messed up? I mean, let's just be for real. (laughs) It's not fair, is it? I also don't understand how you hit a person and don't expect them to get the urge to hit you back. But if a child was to retaliate, it would be seen as disrespectful. Why are your children held to a higher standard than adults? Children have to know how to regulate their emotions better than the average adult, which by the way, most adults like suck at regulating their emotions anyways, hence why they lash out. But if a child were to lash out, it's you're being disrespectful. Of course, a child is the child, but they are humans first. Your children are humans first, okay? And they're still learning. I feel like I need to shout that from the rooftops. Your children are still learning. If you're an adult and you're still learning, think of how it is for a child. Like, what? You're still learning. You still lash out with years on this earth of experience. They're just getting here. They're just figuring it out. It's like they should have it under control better than the average adult. Oh, okay. That makes sense. No, not really in case for the people who can't pick up on sarcasm. It makes no sense at all. Um, Respect them as such. Respect them as humans. And if it was passed down, how much did it really affect you? Did it really make a difference? Do you want to keep it going because it's been in your family for so long? Is there no way my kids would be, is it the, there's no way my kids would be disrespectful to me kind of thing. How about, here's a suggestion, (laughs) respect them and they'll respect you because parents aren't always out here respecting their kids, but kids are expected to just take it to the chest and eat it. Even beyond whoopings, if you overreact to um, a situation, your child isn't going to feel safe to come talk to you either. Our favorite baby mama, Kel Lowry from Baby Mama's No Drama podcast with Kel Lowry and V Rivera comes out on Tuesdays on your any of your favorite podcast platform. They discuss, this was a different, I think they discussed the TikTok, mom was like an IG rail, but they discussed something similar to this on a podcast episode. Um, and Kel was talking about how she would lash out at her children. She wasn't hitting them, but she would lash out and have very emotional responses. Because she did that, um, her oldest child didn't tell her anything. Now that she's worked on that, they are closer than they have ever been. And V said she was backhanded in the mouth, you know? And all it made her feel was fearful to speak or to share different opinions. Because would she get hit in the mouth every single time she said something a person didn't like? There are plenty of kids who are respectful to their parents who have never been hit on by their parents. Most of the time, you don't have to wait until you get into a situation in the outside world. The first person to hit on you are the people who are supposed to make you feel the safest. 
I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do, but I do challenge your thinking on why you think it's okay. I also challenge your thinking on why kids are held to a higher standard emotionally than adults. And do you think you're really teaching your kids by hating on them? Hit on others when you're frustrated. Violence is usually the answer. Every time you mess up, you should get a physical punishment or lots of yelling and cursing. (laughs) I don't know. You tell me, BK fam. In my opinion, when you know better, you do better. Unfortunately, I know that doesn't always apply. And it definitely doesn't apply to all. So I saw this tweet and I want to read it to you guys and then give my opinion on it. It said, I hope I don't marry someone who comes home and ruins everyone's mood. I hope I don't become someone who comes home and everyone's mood is ruined. And then somebody else commented under that and said, never want to be that parent where my children will leave the living room as soon as I walk through the front door. And I just thought... What they said was very simple. And the crazy thing, that was two men saying that. So I love the fact that that was two men because that means that they're going to put in effort to be better parents in that aspect, better fathers in that aspect. And I'm happy for their future children. I'm happy for their future spouse. Um, but it's kind of ironic. If you ever grew up in a household like that, You just kind of think like, what is today going to bring? What kind of mood is this parent going to be in? Is this going to be a good day? Is it going to be a bad day? You learn to walk on eggshells. You learn to, I'm an introvert anyways, and I like to be in my room and away from people, but that just added extra emphasis on I'm not dealing with the moodiness because it would sometimes, you know, and this can apply outside of parents. This can be for anybody. You have a bad day and then you bring it home. Or you have a bad day and then you go link up with like friends or whatever. And you're like, I didn't ruin your day. And now you're bringing this negative energy here. Or now you're bringing this negative energy home. And it's like, keep it where you had it. Or at least don't take it out on the people who didn't do anything to you. Don't bleed on the people who didn't cut you. And I think about all the, it, it was shared on Facebook. It was a tweet, but it was shared on Facebook, of course. And The amount of people that were commenting under the post on Facebook was just like, this was so normal in my home and I want better for my kids. I want better for my family. I want better for my wife. I want better for my husband. And it breaks my heart to think that so many kids grew up in homes where you had to walk on eggshells or where one parent's mood could change the trajectory of the rest of the day. And you're like, well, that was a good hour and a half that I had to you know, not be miserable. That was a good hour and a half to um, just, you know, enjoy silence or just be chilling out. Or that was a good hour and a half where I could feel like myself. I could feel at peace and I could be happy. Can you imagine sitting in the living room and like watching a movie, chilling out, vibing out, and then one person comes home and you can feel the whole energy, the darkness change, or they open their mouths and you be like, oh, you had a bad day. I'm going to retreat to my room because you had a bad day. I'm going to have a bad day. And that's just not a good experience. So I highly encourage you, if you grew up in a home like that, to work to do better. Um, If you currently make your home feel like that, work to do better. 
And as I always say, give a little extra grace and love because it may have been normal for the parents to do that or for the parents, they saw it growing up. But as I said in the other segment, once we know better, hopefully we do better. And I don't want to be that parent or spouse either. I want, if I have a bad day, that when I see my babies, when I see my husband, if I should have that kind of family, you know what I mean? Um, that they feel happy to see me, that they're like, mom, like, I miss you. Like, how was your day? Or like, even if I come in with a bad day, it's like, you guys make me feel better. You guys give me peace. You guys are pouring in the love that I need. So that's my goal. Final thing that I want to discuss this week is how a person reacts to you when they're angry says a lot. And I think it's important that we pay attention to how somebody handles us, how somebody loves us, how somebody handles us when they are angry. Or even sometimes when you're angry, you know, you kind of need a person to not keep the anger going. You need somebody to not feed into it. You need somebody to not be super defensive. You need somebody, if you're just trying to say, well, let's agree to disagree, that they blow it up into something completely different. You you need somebody who kind of gets it and understands you, right? But at the same time, I think it's also important to acknowledge how a person handles you when they're angry with you. Because when you're angry, some people want to get physically violent. Some people want to curse. Some people want to yell. Some people want to be so defensive that they don't even want to acknowledge how their behavior could have upset you. Um, some people blow it up like you're talking about A, and now we have wrapped issues from the past or they throw out comments like, you're always like this. You always do this. They use absolute statements. So then it turns one situation into now it's always. You've used absolute statements. So now in my head, you feel this way every single time I talk to you or I do this, but you don't say it in every situation. So now you're also trying to just use an absolute statement to make me angry or upset or try to make me feel some type of way. And that's not cool either. And um, I just really appreciate the people who take time to handle me with care, even when they're angry, because you can be stern and serious and not have to curse anybody out. Um, You can be stern and serious and not have to physically assault somebody. You can be stern and serious and, you know, speak to them from a place of love, but let them know, hey, you hurt me, you upset me, or this is annoying, cut it out. You can do all that and not, you just, I don't know, I've seen such the ugly forms of it that when somebody is like angry and normal, I'm almost like, (gasps) like it's like a shock to my body, a shock to my brain. I'm like, oh, people can handle anger this way. People can agree to disagree and really respond this kind of way people can still have this level of calmness but I can still respect the fact that they're upset that hits me a lot different and that makes me check myself when I'm upset do I handle people this way am I quick to get defensive am I you know my thing is shutting down so you know I still have to work on that but it makes me check me how am I handling others um, 
when I'm angry with them or when they have angered me. So I posed that question to my BK fam this week. How do you handle people when they make you upset? How do you handle people when they make you angry? How do you still love and care for them, but let them know that you are serious, right? Do you make them feel like crap? Do you make the situation worse? Do you blow it up into something it doesn't even have to be? You know, do you take it completely off course and off track? And now we're more mad about the type of response we had than the actual problem itself. What do you do? How do you handle people? Can they still feel loved by you and respect the fact that you're upset? I don't know. I mean, yes, I know that it's possible, but I'm saying I don't know if you make others feel that way. So I'll just say it was a good point to make sure that I check in with myself and I check me. And I posed that question to you guys this week. And I really want you guys to think about it. And if you don't make them feel loved or if you, you know, have some negative reactions, it's okay. It's all right. Just work on it and start to try to be better. That's the goal, right? All right, guys. I hope we have enjoyed this episode. I can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right, guys. Bye. Just listen, blank canvas, blank canvas, blank canvas.